slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today as we talk all things New York Islanders. Big win for the Islanders on Saturday at the Old Barn. They beat the Boston Bruins 4-1. to This series is all even at two games apiece, and Game 5 will be tonight at Boston. We will have a full preview. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. So, the Islanders get the big win. We will break it down, discuss what they did well, and what they're going to need to do tonight in Game 5 which is a 6.30 Eastern time start in Boston, and we'll break all of that down for you and preview the game as only we can. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email the show at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR vs. NYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. So, the Islanders, with the 4-1 to win, and I-, I gotta say, this was a very impressive performance by the Islanders in a lot of ways, because this team played Islanders hockey for the majority of this game. They were outplayed a bit in the first period, but at the end of the day, for most of the last 40 minutes, this was an even game and a game that the Islanders took the Bruins' best shots, both physically and on the ice. The Islanders stood up for each other, and they managed to come away with a victory by really doing the things that they do well. And the biggest reason in my mind for the Islanders' victory is the overall team defense. They limited the Boston Bruins to 29 shots, which is the lowest shot total that they've had in the series. And again, if you look at where those shots were coming from, a lot of them coming from the perimeter or from the point and not being in the high danger area. The only goal that the Bruins got did come from just outside the crease. In fact, the Islanders 
in fact, tried to claim goalie interference and had it reviewed. The review did not overturn the goal, but that ended up really being the rallying point, the turning point for the Islanders in this game. They killed off that power play, and then the defense just went to work and really limited the Bruins and what they were able to do offensively. The Bruins did not come into the offensive zone with a lot of speed. They did not, uh, you know, cycle and dominate on the forecheck the way they typically have in the series. And as a result, you know, the perfection line held to eight shots on goal in this game total by the three of them and no goals to assist. So at the end of the day, the Islanders, uh, with the matchup advantage, were able to slow down that very dangerous top line for the Bruins and One of the things I think that Barry Trotz did that really helped that was for a good stretch of the game, mostly in the second and third period, Trotz actually broke up Pelik and Pulak as a defensive pair. And what that did was it gave him more flexibility to have at least one of his two best defensemen out there on the ice against both the perfection line and the second line, which features Taylor Hall. And, you know, you got a good, solid defensive performance from Andy Green, from Scotty Mayfield. Uh, Noah Dobson made one or two mistakes, including one on the only Bruins goal, which was a power play goal. But overall, the defensemen did a solid job, and the forwards back-checked consistently And that really helped the Islanders slow down the Bruins. And, you know, I'll say it this way. A lot of the players who really helped the Islanders win this game are some of the more unsung guys. And you look at the hit totals, for example. Islanders had 30 hits in this game. Not as many as you, you know, typically expect. But four for Cal Clutterbuck, four for Matt Martin, three for Casey Sezikis, four for Ryan Pulak. You know, these guys did their jobs defensively, as did Uncle Leo, who was a plus two, had an assist, and was credited with two hits. The Islanders just got that job done defensively. And Simeon Varlamov, when they were struggling defensively, Varley was a key contributor. And, you know, you look at the two penalties that the Islanders killed off. Varlamov did a great job of making big saves when he had to. So often in a hockey game, in a playoff game, making the big save, it's when you make the save, not just how many you make. And boy... Did Varlamov come up big on some of those PKs and in some key spots where the Islanders really needed him? Big win for Simeon Varlamov and for the Islanders. And and again, to their credit, you know, the Islanders fell behind one to nothing. The fans didn't let up. The crowd was boisterous as ever. And the Islanders did not 
to their credit, change their style of play. And that is the key. They know what they need to do to win hockey games, and they stuck with that strategy. And as the game went on, the Islanders got stronger. The Bruins struggled more and more. And, you know, they outshot the the Bruins in both the second and third period, held Boston without a shot on goal late in the game when the Bruins were trying to catch up, and really shut down Boston better than we expected that they might even be able to do. The result is a win, a well-earned win, two empty net goals help, and the Islanders have even this series at two. Big, pivotal Game 5 coming up tonight. We've got more to get to on today's show. We'll talk about the offense and how they got the job done in Game 4. We'll look ahead to Game 5. We've also got our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There are no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion worth of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings and get started today. Today's episode is also brought to you by Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients, Lucy has created a nicotine gun with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. And Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in cherry ice, citrus, and mint flavors. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you could use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now, and it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked on NHL listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code Locked on NHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co to pro- and use promo code Locked on NHL at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So that's lucy.co, and be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL. So one thing that we have talked about on the show since the start of the playoffs, and I think it's important to note right now, is that the Islanders needed more from the duo of Matthew Barzal and... Jordan Eberly, and over the last couple of games, they have started to get it, and you go back to 
game four Saturday night. And Barzal really had a very, very strong game. On the first Islanders goal, Barzal set it up, made a very strong play with the puck, got it to Kyle Palmieri, and that tied the game. And then on his goal, again, Barzal, you know, getting the job done, making a strong effort, putting himself in the right position, and the result is what turned out to be the game-winning goal for the New York Islanders. And, you know, the Islanders need Matt Barzal to be one of their best players. And he and Eberle can make a huge difference for this team when it comes to getting a balanced attack. And what we've seen from Barzal, you know, when he's off his game, he'll try to do too much with the puck, hold it too long, try to fake out three or four players on a given play and often turn the puck over. But he's doing things the right way. He doesn't hold on to the puck too long. He's strong on the puck, gets himself into position, works hard, and creates plays with a combination of his speed and his smarts. And, you know, as he matures, you'll see more of the smartness and less of the trying to beat out three or four players on a team. In the last two games, Barzi has really done that, and it's outstanding to see that happening. So, a uh, big sign for the Islanders that Barzal is getting things done. Two points in that game, a goal and an assist. Three shots on goal, and, you know, Kyle Palmieri was in that on that line with Barzal and Eberle for his goal, mostly because it came right after the Islanders were on the PK and Leo Komarov is on the penalty kill, and therefore, you know, he needed a rest, and they slotted, uh, they, they ended up slotting Palmieri in there. I don't think that's going to be something that Lou Lamorello is going to do often, but it was a very positive development because Palmieri has played very, very well these last few games. And I'll give another shout-out to Travis Zajac. He was not on the scoreboard, no goals, no assists in this game. But at the same time, Zajac uh, was physical. He stood up for his teammates and really played a heads-up, smart game in all three zones, and that's what you need from Travis Zajac. Now, Oliver Wallstrom, according to the latest reports that I've received, likely to travel to Boston with the team for Game 5, but we still don't know whether or not Barry Trotz is going to put him out there on the ice. The Islanders, I think, are well-served by adding Wallstrom to the lineup. He gives them a little bit more offense than Travis Zajac does at this stage in Zajac's career, but again... Barry Trotz, always comfortable playing veterans rather than playing the younger guys, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they stick with Travis Zajac for a little while longer. Also, got to give a shout-out to J.G. Pajot. Continues to win face-offs. He won 58% of his draws, got a goal in this game, uh, which is always important. It was, in essence, the 
empty netter that ended the game with three seconds left. But Pajot, even when he doesn't score a goal, the Islanders matched up the Pajot line against the perfection line pretty often in this game. And getting that production from J.G. Pajot to help smother the opposing team's top line just shows you the value and versatility that Pajot adds to this team. So it, it is a very big bonus, uh, which doesn't always show up in the box score. But Pajot up against a great line, maybe the best line in hockey, and getting the job done. Now, in Game 5 and a potential Game 7, the Islanders will not have the last change. So, uh, it becomes, you know, more difficult to get Pajot out there against the perfection line. We'll see what Barry Trotz's strategy is going to be when we talk about Game 5 and the rest of this series. We have more to get to. We have our full preview of Game 5. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite flavor? You know that Built Bar has nine delicious permanent flavors, plus the occasional limited-time flavor, which uh, usually sells out pretty quickly. But when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are passionate about their flavors. How about these beautiful, tasty treats? Mint brownie, double chocolate, raspberry, coconut almond, salted caramel. There is something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. Well, you'll get two of each of the nine flavors so you can figure it out for yourself. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein in every bar, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and just four grams of net carbs. So it's not just good tasting, it's also good for you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and it's a happy 38th birthday today to former Islanders defenseman Milan Yersina, Born in Slovakia 38 years ago today, originally drafted by the Bruins in the eighth round of the 2001 NHL entry draft, made his NHL debut with the Bruins in 05-06, later played for the Capitals and Blue Jackets before joining the Islanders in 2010-2011, spent two years with the Islanders, a steady defensive defenseman who could also occasionally Pitch in on the power play. Had good size, six foot four, 222 pounds. We're going to go back and look at one of your Cena's better games with the Isles, October 16th, 2010, at the Nassau Coliseum. Colorado Avalanche coming to town, and the goalie for the Avalanche in this one was Craig Anderson. The Islanders countering with Dwayne Rolison, and after a scoreless first period, it was the Islanders getting on the board first. Milan Yersina, a shorthanded goal at the 13.06 mark. Doug Waite was in the box for hooking. Yersina, his first from Josh Bailey, 
and it was one nothing Islanders. Then, with a little less than two minutes left in the period, Yersina scored again an unassisted goal, and the Islanders had a 2 to nothing lead. And 59 seconds after that, the Islanders go on the power play with Kyle Quincy off for roughing, and Josh Bailey cashes in P.A. Parenteau and James Wisniewski with the assist. After 40 minutes, it was 3 nothing Isles. Chris Stewart pulled the avalanche to within two with his third goal of the year early in the third period, but Michael Grabner answered his first of the year from P.A. Parenteau at 4-11, and the Isles had a 4-1 lead. T.J. Gilliardi made it 4-2, but John Tavares clinched it for the Islanders with an empty net goal, his first of the year. John Sim and, yes, Milan Yersina with the helpers at 1940 Islanders. Skate away with a 5-2 victory over the Avalanche for Dwayne Rolison, a 28-save effort to earn the win. And for Milan Yersina, uh, two goals, one assist, a plus three, and he scored on both of his shots on goal. So, again, a very happy birthday to Milan Yersina. He turns 38 today. And yes, even though he hasn't played in the NHL since 2012, he is still playing hockey professionally. He has played in the KHL, the Swiss League, the German League, and this year and last year played in the Czech League. So uh, still active, still going, and a very happy 38th and many, many happy more to Milan Yersina. So Game 5 a key game for the Islanders and the Bruins. Obviously, when you're in a best of seven and tied at 2-2, the team that wins game five has a big advantage, and we will see whether or not the Islanders can continue to uh, go toe-to-toe with the Bruins. Look, this series has been a real battle because it's like playing against your own image in a mirror. Both of these teams are extremely talented and play a similar style. So, in essence, it's, it's the team that seems to play that style more efficiently that ends up winning the game. The Islanders will need another strong performance from Simeon Varlamov. They will need, I would love to see Brock Nelson get a little bit more involved offensively. And you know what? Brock Nelson... Anthony Bevilier, there are a number of guys on this team right now who just need to shoot the puck instead of taking a good shot that they have. They try to set up the perfect shot with one pass too many, and it ends up hurting them every time. So the Islanders really will need uh, to shoot the puck a little bit more. Tuka Rask, not easy to beat, so when you get the chance... You really have to put the puck on net and then go for those rebounds, go for those deflections, go for those tip-ins, because, again, dirty goals are going to be much easier, not easier, but but much more, you're more likely to get those than you are those end-to-end fancy rushes that, uh, you know, end up making the highlight reels. So I think that is going to be key. And then with the Bruins having the last change, how does Barry Trotz handle his line matchups? He wants to obviously keep at least one of the top two defensemen, whether it's Pelik or Pulak, out there against 
the perfection line. And by splitting them up, he is, in essence, giving himself a chance to at least have one of them out there against that line. And that is definitely a wise move by Barry Trotz. The question becomes if he can continue to do that without having the last change. Obviously, you need a lot from Varlamov. I expect him to be in goal again. And the Islanders, again, clog up that neutral zone, get the four check going, which they did very well in game four, and then keep the Bruins on the perimeter. And one thing they need to do a little bit better, keep out of that penalty box. Do not let that very talented and productive Boston power play to get on track and give them a lot of opportunities to win the hockey game because you know what? When you play with fire, eventually you're going to get burned and it's not easy to do, uh, to, to continually get away with taking penalties and allowing the Bruins to have chance after chance with the extra attacker. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for us today on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I'll be back tomorrow with a full analysis of Game 5. Hopefully a happy recap for that one. Uh, Obviously a big game as uh, the loser has to win two straight. And uh, Game 6 will be Wednesday, and we will, of course, preview that as well on uh, tomorrow's show and take a look ahead. I will be live tweeting during tonight's game, so please follow and make sure you join us for that. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.